This morning, I want to share with you some foundational and practical lessons from creation. Torah begins with the book of Genesis or origins. Bereshit is the Hebrew name. It's the first word. It means in the beginning. And it declares that God himself has brought the universe into existence. And by his creative actions, all of us have come into being. Humanity and all living creatures have our origins, our genesis in God. Because he is our creator, we're accountable to him for the lives that we lead. And we also need to keep looking to him for wisdom, for understanding, for guidance, so we can live well and we can live in a way that brings glory and honor to the Lord. We need God. And we also need each other. And that's why God made a very interesting comment to Adam in Genesis 2.8. The Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a fitting helper or a helpmate. The Hebrew is ezer konegdo, ezer konegdo. I will make a fitting helper for him. But what's interesting is that man was not really alone. He was with God. But God was saying that's not enough. Man does need God, and man needs woman, and we all need family. A fitting helper, Ezer Kenigdo, is not an assistant. The Holy Spirit, in many places in Scripture, is called a helper. He's not an assistant, folks. He's so much more. Ezer is much more than an assistant. The Hebrew phrase Ezer Kenigdo can be translated in two really different ways. One way of translating it is a suitable helper, and another way is one who's opposite, a helper who's opposite. And this conveys some very different ideas. Suitable means to correspond to him, to complement him, to add to him, and to complete him. Opposite means to oppose and to fight with and to struggle with. Ezra Konegdo, two translations that reflect two ways of being. And the, the Jewish sages over the years have tried to explain why these two meanings are important and how they come into play. And Rashi, among others, came up with this idea that if, if the man really is, is honoring God and is a good husband and leader as well, then the wife will be a help to him. And if he's unworthy, she'll be opposed to him and fight him. Well, the Torah goes on to tell us that God made woman, but it uses an interesting, an interesting word that can be translated built. He took a part of man and then he built woman. Woman comes from man, but she's distinct from him. She is as her connecto. She shares much of the genetics of a man, but she has distinct genetics. From all of this, we can take an important lesson that men and women need each other. That is God's comment. And though we're different, we need each other. Actually, because we're different, we can be good for each other. When we understand this, we can see a pattern in the scripture. It's a pattern of mutual need and value. You can write that down in the comment section. The pattern of mutual need and value. 
And it applies in so many different ways to us. It's revealed in this passage and in many other passages in the scriptures so that we can understand this. We were created in such a way that we need each other. And we are required, therefore, to value each other and to appreciate each other. Men and women need each other. Young and old need each other. Jews and Gentiles need each other. And blacks and whites need each other. And no matter how you want to divide humanity into categories, this and that, both this and that need each other. The pattern of mutuality is foundational to the body of Messiah, to the very idea of the body. It it means mutual need and mutual value. And the pattern is expressed in the new covenant metaphor of the body of Messiah, which is used to convey the idea that we need each other and we're valuable to each other. So you can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 14 through 20. I want to read a passage that speaks of this. Paul is writing, for the body is not one member or one organ or one limb, but many. If the foot says, because I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body, it's not for this reason any the less a part of the body. If the ear says, because I'm not an eye, I'm not part of the body, it's not for this reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now, this is verse 18, now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Paul is writing here, and he's trying to address how people can think that they're not part of this greater whole. Or others uh, may think that because someone else is different, that we don't need them. But he uses the metaphor of the body. Uh, And he says, the foot can't say this. The ear can't say it. You can fill in the blank. There are reasons why people say, I don't really fit in. But it would be absurd, according to the metaphor, for the body to be reduced to one organ. If the whole body were just an eye, where would hearing be? One part cannot say to another part, I have no need of you. And this helps us grasp important principles about our nature, our identity, and our belonging to something greater. We have different functions. We have different gifts, different abilities. You name it. Our individuality is the means by which we all fit into the greater body. And our differences are meant to be appreciated and celebrated. You may be one of a kind. You may be an oddball even, but you're still part of the body. There's a temptation to say, I'm different, so I don't belong. And that's wrong. Don't give into it. Or to say about others, you're different, so I don't need you. That's also wrong. It takes all of us together. It takes male and female. It's born from the same reality of the creation of woman 
from man. It's a grand pattern for humanity. It wasn't good for man to be alone. Man needed woman. Woman comes from man, but she's different. And different is good. You might want to put that in the comment section. Different is good. We need each other. And we attain fullness together because of our differences. We cannot reach our highest levels as humanity alone. Well, the same pattern of mutuality applies to Jews and Gentiles. Two verses in Romans 11 together speak of this. Romans 11 verse 12 says, if Israel's stumbling means riches for the world, and if their falling down is given rich opportunity for the Gentiles, how much more will Israel's fullness mean for the nations of the world? And here fullness means full measure of godly qualities and full participation in the family of God. The fullness of Israel will be a greater blessing for the nations. And as well as we're about to read, the fullness of the nations is meant to be good for Israel. Romans eleven twenty five, 25. Brothers and sisters, I want you to understand this truth, which God had formerly concealed, but has now revealed. So that you won't imagine you know more than you actually do. It is that stoniness of the heart to a degree has come upon Israel until the Gentile world enters into its fullness. Here the Jewish people are seem to be waiting for the other nations to enter into their fullness. And fullness is not about number, but it's a quality, the full measure of godly quality with full participation in the body and not excluding the Jews. And as well, I understand this type of fullness also has an impact on uh, on history because this type of fullness brings to an end the Gentile domination of Jerusalem and replaces it with an appreciation of Jewish people, of the land of Israel, and how the Jews and the Gentiles can belong together. You see, Jews and Gentiles are interdependent. We need each other. Both are called to value and to do good to the other. That's mutuality. And it touches also on black and white issues like we're facing today. I'll give you something to think about. There are Jews who are black, for instance, Ethiopian Jews. There are Jews who are white. There are Jews who are brown. There are all colors of Jews. And there are Gentiles who are black, Gentiles who are white, and Gentiles who are brown. Jews can never reach fullness as Jews if we don't appreciate and value all kinds of Jews, including all colors of Jewish people. It's why we have to reject sinat chinam or causeless hatred, which is a deep root cause of division. And in the same way, Gentiles, all the nations of the world cannot reach fullness until there is appreciation and valuing of all kinds of Gentiles. And that includes all colors and all people groups of Gentiles. Each group, Jews as a group, Gentiles as a group, has to reckon with its own racial diversity and other diverse qualities. And, and, and this is an important and, and both groups have to reckon with the racial diversity of the other group. It just comes with the territory. It has to do with how we're made and what we're made for. And both groups have to learn what we could call ahavat chinam causeless love, or love without boundaries, the kind of love Yeshua teaches about, where we love even our enemies and we love according to Yeshua's pattern. Yeshua taught us the two great commands. They have to do with loving both God and people. And our love for God, our love for people, 
are reflected in Yeshua's teaching about a new commandment that he gave to his disciples. It's a key for sharing the good news. John 13, verses 34 and 35 capture it. Yeshua said, a new commandment, a new mitzvah, I give to you, love one another as I have loved you, so you also must love one another. The new part is that Yeshua's love becomes the standard and the pattern. Verse 35, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The mutuality of our love for each other, loving one another, effectively communicates to all kinds of people that we are Yeshua's disciples. We need God. We need each other. So let's remember this. Our differences are the means by which God fits all of us into his body. It's good we're not the same. We need these differences. Thank you, Mishpacha, for taking such things to heart. I know it's difficult during these times of polarization and accusation and division, but we've been called to overcome all of that. We're not partisans. We are not those who are called to be of one or another. We are one in Messiah. That is who we are. Well, we're going to close this time with Aaron's blessing as we normally do at Beth Israel. But first, I want to ask you, would you consider making a generous contribution? If you've never been a supporter of Beth Israel, maybe today is the day to start. You can find out all the information at BethIsraelNow.com slash giving. That's where you can get all the details. And now um, let's invite the Corsians in the sanctuary and Sandy will join me too. We're going to close with Aaron's blessing. So we want to thank you for joining with us for this very thank wonderful you. and powerful time together. Rabbi Yuri, Rabbi Sanina, thank you so much for worship and, and happy anniversary to the Corsians on and this wonderful you. day. Thank you to our team thank so you. much. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> so let's pray. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha. Ya'er Adonai panavelecha v'yichunecha yisa Adonai panavelecha v'yasem lecha shalom. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep watch over you, guard and protect you. The Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace in the name of Yeshua. And Rabbi Yuri in Russian, if you will. Да, да благослови тебя Господь и сохранит тебя, да презрит на тебя Господь светлым лицом своим и помилует тебя, да обратит Господь лицо свое на тебя и даст тебе мир. Аминь. 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 And so whatever your first language is, I encourage you to learn the Hebrew and this prayer in your first language. Everyone, thank Shabbat you so much for joining us today. Shabbat shalom, everyone. Shabbat shalom. Happy anniversary.